Moncrief on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Now, if you've been watching The Last of Us, you'll know uh, it's about how a strain of fungi mutates and turns much of the human world into zombies. Obviously, it's not a documentary, but it is very loosely based on real science because in the real world, fungi do infect around 20 million people a year and kill hundreds of thousands of them. Kevin Kavanagh is Professor of Microbiology at Maynooth University. Afternoon, Kevin. Good afternoon, Sean. How are you? Uh, not too bad. So, can we start with like the kind of the ad- adaptation, if you like, of science in, in the TV uh, show? Uh, cordyceps. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Uh, what is that, and what, what does it do to insects, at least? In- indeed, yes. Cordyceps. Uh, these are a group of fungi that uh, attack insects. Um, they're generally found in the tropics, so in very warm climates. And they attack the insect and they manipulate its behavior by manipulating its brain. So it means then that the insect is infected, it climbs up a branch or a twig, and then it locks into place and eventually the fungus will grow through the body, burst out of the body, and then spread spores to infect other insects. Now, the program that you mentioned, The the Last of Us, is sort of loosely based on that. Um, but to the best of our knowledge, only insects are susceptible to this type of fungus. Right. OK. I mean, I think their contention is that, you know, in, in uh, they have this fella in the 1960s saying, if our planet heats up, they'll have to adapt and, uh, uh, and that kind of thing. So that's, I suppose, they're implying that there was some sort of mutation uh, within cordyceps that made it do that. Actually, on, well, actually, on that question, uh, is it possible to generalise about what kind of temperatures fungi like? Well, indeed, um, most fungi are in the environment. So they're in people's gardens, they're in, you know, forests and so on. So they're growing at temperatures, you know, maybe of 8 to 10 degrees. They're quite happy with that. Um, fungi that, for example, um, we use for making bread, for example, would, would like temperatures of around about 20 or 25 degrees centigrade. And then the fungi that attack us and cause disease in us, many of them are quite happy at a temperature of 37 degrees, which is our body temperature. Ah. So depending on where they're growing, they have specialised to those temperatures. And would it be the case, Kevin, that we would be inhaling spores at least every day? Indeed we would. Like on an average day um, walking around, we would inhale many different fungi. And in particular, we inhale spores of a fungus called Aspergillus fumigatus. And our immune system is well tuned to these, so we rapidly identify them and kill them. However, if our immune system is weakened, for example, a transplant patient or a seriously ill cancer patient or somebody who's had COVID, one of these canidia out of the hundreds that we might inhale in a day, one of these will be sufficient to germinate, cause very serious disease and possibly death. So we have that strange situation where our immune system is very effective at defending us, but if it weakens, the fungus is able to exploit that chance. Mm. Are there parts of the body, or could it be any part of the body, that they would choose to attack? 
well, the aspergillus infects almost exclusively the lungs and develops from there. And then there's another group of pathogens which are called yeasts, and they attack mucosal surfaces. So if you think of the mouth, <clears throat> they will grow in the mouth and develop from there. So uh, they, they like diff- slightly different environments depending on which fungus it is. Mm. Can they attack the brain? Indeed, yes. There are some fungi um, that can attack the brain, and there's one in particular called Cryptococcus, uh, which can get into the brain and can develop there. Now, it doesn't cause the effects that we, we, we see in The Last of Us, to that dramatic effect, but it does cause a problem because they can block the little blood vessels or capillaries in the brain, and then that causes death of brain tissue and ultimately can be fatal. Right. Now, now of course, when people think of fungi, they might think, more, you know, uh, usually of, of mushrooms of some sort. If it grows within the body, it's, it's, it's a thing called mycelium. That's right, yeah. So the, um, the mycelium is like, we can think of a plant has roots, and the mycelium is very much like the roots, and this is how it grows and gets nutrients. And then once it has enough nutrients, uh, some fungi will then begin to produce spores. So they produce a little structure to release their seeds, if you like, to spread around. Uh, But most times in the body, we don't see these fruiting structures, these producing conidia. We just see the mycelia growing in the body. Right. How much could theoretically grow within a body? Um. Well, I suppose in a a very ill patient, uh, so for example, a transplant patient uh, whose immune system is suppressed, if they're infected with Aspergillus fumigatus, um, the fungus could potentially grow through their body and, you know, literally uh, the conidia could be sampled from their blood, from their saliva, uh, from, from their skin even. It is literally grown through the body. Ah, so it's literally everywhere. Yes, yes. And, and you know, can it, can it grow on the skin? Maybe a different sort of fungi, but can it grow on the skin? Like things like ringworm and that kind of stuff. Exactly, yes, indeed. Um, ringworm um, is caused by a group of fungi known as dermatophytes, and they will grow on the skin. And when they're growing there, they metabolize or eat the keratin that's in our skin. So as you know, keratin is the protein that makes up our nails and our hair, but we also have large amounts of keratin in our skin. And these fungi are specialized for consuming that. And it's it's surprising that even healthy people can get dermatophytic infections, but they're generally easy to identify and easy to treat. They don't spread beyond the skin surface to other parts of the body. Right, okay, that's a relief. Though it's, it's like if you have mould in your house, that's, that's fungi as well. Indeed it is, yeah, yeah. Uh, though that, I suppose in the developed world that doesn't present much of a health threat uh, to people, only very, very occasionally. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, in the Western world, the developed world, people do get fungal infections. They can be rapidly identified and treated effectively. However, in the developing world, these are a major problem. And recent results from the World Health Organization estimated that in the developing world, fungi may kill in the region of 700,000 people a year. And many of these 
deaths are, you know, underreported. They don't identify why the people die. But we know, for example, that diagnosis is very poor. And even when people are diagnosed with a particular fungal infection, they may not be able to afford the treatment. Mm. And as a result, they, they don't get treated. Now, in my own case, I'm interested in a disease called uh, fungal keratitis, which is a fungal disease of the eye. And um, this occurs in the developing world. About a million people contract this disease every year. But uh, because of the lack of treatment and the lack of effective uh, therapy, about 100,000 people will lose one or both eyes as a result of this infection. It doesn't kill people, it just grows in the eye. Now, you know, you can see there that the problem is diagnosis, but also treatment. It's mm. the, the difficulty of getting them the right treatment. Yeah, and and there's also something of a problem where you can get it from the soil if you kind of cut your foot or something. You can get Exactly, yes. There, there's another pathogen uh, which is known as Majorella, but it's found in the tropics and warm countries such as India and the Sudan and areas of Central Africa, where if people are out working on their farms or tending to livestock, if they step on a thorn or on a twig, this fungus gets below the skin into the body and then it begins to grow and to swell. So the legs and the feet swell up hugely. It means it's impossible for the people to walk. Uh, If they get infected in the hand, the hand becomes completely deformed making it impossible to work. And again, you know, this disease, uh, it has been neglected for many years, but now people are beginning to try and develop new treatments for it. But again, it prevents people working. If they can't tend their farms, they can't send their children to school, they lose the farm and so on. So it has major socioeconomic effects as Mm -hmm. well as health effects. Kevin, is it known how many sorts of fungi there are? Um, there, well, people have tried to estimate and it is estimated there may be in the region of a million different species, but everybody knows that's probably an underestimate. So, uh, because fungi, you know, they can be highly specialized to one environment or found in one region and not in another and so on. There's a lot of variability, but there's at least a million species. That's extraordinary. And and so far, how many have been actually classified? Uh, I would say in the region of 50,000 or so. Wow. So, uh, and, and as you can see, there may be fungi, you know, growing in areas that we've never visited or, you know, deep in the earth or high in mountains, which aren't recorded either. So uh, there, there's a lot out there we don't know about. Indeed. Kevin, uh, thanks very much for speaking with us today. That was uh, Kevin Kavanagh there, Professor of Microbiology at Maynooth University. Moncrief. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Weekdays at 2pm. On News Talk.